Newcastle. It's 6 a.m. Rise and shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Monday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Monday edition of the Grind. Boone, good morning, welcome in, and uh, you know it's another it's another Monday edition as uh, as really this weekend kind of gave us a little something something to talk about as the 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 last dance, the Michael Jordan kind of docu series comes to an end. Uh, NASCAR's back on the track, and uh, and American Idol finished up last night. I know that's big for you. Kevin Harvick, man, he he's coming on strong. I like that. I was like, Kevin Harvick didn't win American Idol. Uh, I may just bat- bypass American Idol. I love the Jordan. I, I was like ready. I'm seriously. I was ready for uh, another. I guess I'll call it episode with two. Uh, feature spots man that was great i tell you it it opened a lot of windows because you know even last night there was a lot of things that honestly last night might have been the first night that i really remembered like i remembered watching things you know what i'm saying like i remembered how things unfolded right there at the end it was so you're more of a, a fan uh in 98 as far as your sports memories? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I was 11. So, I mean, I would think I was starting to pick something up. My stepdad was a big Pacers fan because he liked Mike Schmitz and uh, and he liked Larry Bird and, and, of course, so he liked the rest of the team. So, I mean, there was a little bit of following there. But, no, I mean, it, it was a heyday in Tennessee sports history. So, I mean, uh, there wasn't a ton of room in East Tennessee for, for professional anything. Uh, Peyton was a rookie in, in Indianapolis. Tennessee was doing their thing in football, ladies basketball. Men wasn't bad. Baseball team wasn't bad. I mean, everybody was pretty good around here. So, yeah, NBA kind of got pushed out a little bit in my childhood. But in in 98, I remember watching that series. I remember, you know, that was Larry's first year coaching. And, uh, and, and, you know, there was a lot of – there was a lot of steam on that Pacers team. And, and I thought, you know, this, these two episodes really kind of unfolded a little bit about it. You know, I remember Carl Malone. I remember John Stockton. The mailman. Boy, he delivered, didn't he? Yeah, Laura's like, Laura's like, why did they call him the mailman? I was like, well, he carried the mail. He always delivers. And, uh, and he said, uh, <laughs> she said, what do you mean? And I was like, well, he always delivers. Delivers what? Yeah, but what do you mean? And I'm like, it, it's just, sorry. It's, it's a play on words and... Sorry, it's he not delivers a, the points and the rebounds. I was like, Laura. I, th- I think you would have, have understood it more back then. I was like, let's just watch it. At the time when the game's on the line, he delivered. Well, and you know what? He was a, he was a he was kind of a, a worker like player. Like you, if you look at at how Michael Jordan went to the the podium, how Reggie Miller went to the podium, and then you look how Carl Malone went to the podium. He was in jeans, uh, a high belt, and a nice t shirt. Did you see him walk on the? Jordan's bus, Eric shook hands with him. Yeah. Made it quick and sweet, but you got to respect somebody that goes out of the way to come all the way on that bus. Everybody oh, yeah. smoking cigars, celebrating. Well, got their trophies right next to him. Yeah, yeah. I it was it was something else. You, you saw a lot of respect in in these these 
these videos that you don't think you see. You know, like when when series comes to an end and and you expect just you know the winners to go do their winning thing and the losers to go do the losing thing. And uh, you know, you saw Larry Bird come and and kind of shake his hand and uh, exchange some uh, rather colorful, colorful language. <laughs> I mean, but every two or second or third word they had a, a expletive in there that's but, just the way they did but i thought it was it was good he said he said uh, you made us work for it and you could see larry go yeah 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 because it was the same old song and dance whether he was a player or a coach you know he, he kind of had to deal with michael so hey wayne i like that part where uh i forgot about this one bird coached at the end of the game he had totally new plays he especially hey, you know, designed you know we're kind of digging into topic two and we Whoops. haven't even covered <laughs> we were topic back one. on uh, but yeah, I mean that just speaks to what the weekend was. I mean it was it was good weekend because like I said, NASCAR hit the hit the the track again. At, you know, Jeffy and I'll talk about it tomorrow. Kind of leave that for him. But uh, it was good to see actual sports hit the hit the. I guess the it's not really the turf. It's not really the hardwood. I guess it's the the pavement. Hits the road. Hits the road. Hits the too tough to tame road in Darlington. But. Uh, but but then you had uh, you had other good news Friday that came out uh, in the in the local uh, field. The Daily Times yes. dropped a little uh, dropped a little uh, a note there that that talks about how Alcoa City and Maryville City have gotten the green light to begin some team activities. High school athletes at Alcoa and Maryville will go uh, get a sliver of good news uh, as they're they're able this week. Uh, to return to their schools for some team activities. There's some rules to be kept, Boone, but uh, you got to think this is step one in trying to recover and to get back what we want in the fall, and that's football. And it, if nothing else, it answers the question because we are always like, when are they actually going to actually have players and coaches around each other? And we didn't have a month. We didn't have a day of the month. Uh and it's, uh, well, today's Monday. One of them starts up today, and I think one starts tomorrow, maybe? I think so. I think so. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll read the article directly from Scott Keller from the Daily Times. But basically, Maryville announced Thursday night, Alcoa followed with, with Athletic Director Josh Stevens on Friday, that their respective teams will be permitted to resume training on Monday. Uh, it will be the first action for the athletes in more than two months since the COVID-19 pandemic forced all schools around the state to close, which resulted in the TSSAA canceling its state basketball tournaments and also all spring sports. Spring football practices were also canceled. Heritage and William Blunt team teams planned to begin off-season programs May the 26th, so just, just one week uh, later than, than the city schools. Maryville Athletic Director Larry Hedrick said one previous plan had his school waiting until June 1st but more and more instances of athletes using less than ideal settings and scenarios to work out on their own, mostly limited by, by various shutdowns due to the pandemic, encouraged Maryville to move up the date. It said, we just felt it was important that, they, that they're going to be doing it. Uh, we would like for them to be doing it under our watch so we can make sure that, that what little we can protect, uh, we are part of that. Uh, he said, and I, I think that's a that's a different look at it. And and you know, I applaud Larry Hedrick. I've had a really good relationship with him uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, he's about taking care of the kids. He's about making sure that not only that they are successful, but the path that gets them to that success is one that uh, is controlled, 
that is 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 kind of planned and thought out. And I think that's a really good point. You know, a lot of these kids, you know, they're sitting here and you know they're lifting, you know, whatever they can, you know, kind of gauge as as a twenty pound weight or a forty pound weight. And it's not always the safest thing to do. So knowing the facilities that they have at their disposal, uh, I, I thought they they didn't they made a good choice and a good action uh, in saying, listen, let's get these kids around things that we know are the proper way to work out, and not having them you know jump over you know whatever they've got around the house. Yeah, and two things rule the world, Wayno: passion and hard work. I love how the athletes jumped out, and in a sense, they were leaders, and uh, they let those two things just take over. And, I mean, it was not envious uh, scenarios at all that they were working under, I'm sure. But uh, I like how Hedrick jumps up. And, of course, they'll do the uh, the temperature check and just add, add an extra element of safety to it. Absolutely. Said Maryville will start with uh, some football action on Tuesday. And a handful of Alcoa teams will kick it off today. But both schools will follow the guidelines set by the CDC and, prevent, uh, and, and prevention as well as city, county, and state guidelines as a result of the pandemic. They'll do a temperature check of all athletes and coaches when they get on campus. Anyone with temperatures above 100 will be sent home. All equipment will be cleaned between uses and sterilized daily. The maximum number of people in a group will be nine. Alcoa football coach Gary Rankin said the Tornadoes will have two 90-minute sessions of 36 players apiece. Each session will have four groups of nine. Uh, two of those groups will be on the field, one group uh, of each, on each half of the football field, and at the same time, one group will be in each of the two weight rooms. Uh, midway through each session, those groups will switch uh, between the weight room and the football field. No one will wear pads, and minimal equipment will be used. The practice sessions will be heavy on conditioning, uh, having the opportunity to get out of the house on a regular basis is a big focus, said Gary Rankins. He said, we haven't seen these kids in six weeks. Uh, we have to make some adjustments, uh, but so does everyone else. That's part of running a sports team or any kind of business. Working in groups of nine will make it happen. Uh, he said, we met and got organized, and we feel good about everything we're going to do and how we're going to do it. Uh, so I think Coach Rankins, uh, he's a planner and has always been, and he's just, this is the next task to be planned out, and it looks like he's got a pretty good plan to go on. And one thing that really helps him out, Wayno, is having uh, two different weight rooms. Well, for- and the fact that, uh, you know, you can get 36 kids in one in one sitting. Uh, so I think that's, that's huge, too, because uh, I thought this was going to be a bad opportunity uh, or an opportunity to let down uh, some of these younger players and really uh, kind of stunt some growth that we won't see for a couple of years. But looks like he's planned it out to where he's probably going to be able to get all all facets of the football team in. And, yeah, I think uh, the facilities that Alcoa and Maryville have been able to accumulate, uh, that's really going to help them with uh, spreading out. Yeah, the Don Story Complex over there. Uh, of course, Don's a good friend of mine and donating the uh, weightlifting equipment in the building there. That That's all going to come into the play here. But, Wayno, well, a thing to keep in mind is, uh, you know, they're all – Josh Stevens and Hedrick, they're good organizers, and these other spring sports are also going to try to work players in, but they'll uh, they'll arrange it and organize it where each will have different times for the facilities. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But Maryville will do it a little bit different. That was Alcoa's plan. Uh, the Rebels will have one 60-minute session. All of the players will spread out across campus. 
Uh, they will not use the weight room. Coach Derek Hunt said he always wanted to err on the side of caution. Uh, he said he called between 20 and 25 other high school coaches around the state to find out what they are doing and so he could make the smartest plan he could. If there's one thing he is stressing, it is that the workouts are voluntary. If one family doesn't feel safe sending their kid back, that's fine, uh, Hunt said. When, when the family decides it's safe, then that's when they want to come back. Uh, they should stay home until they feel comfortable coming out. As the uncertainty of the pandemic lunch, lurches on, there are bound to be changes to what each team wants to do and can, can do. Stevens and Hedrick said their teams will do what is necessary to keep their coaches and athletes together while adhering to all safety protocols. Our coaches just want to get with our kids and so they can feel like a team again, Hedrick said. It's as much about the emotional side as the physical side. And I think you said, you hear that uh, from Coach Derek Hunt. He wants these kids to feel safe, uh, but, and he knows they will be safe. But, again, it's that psychological side that he wants them tuned all in uh, before they uh, they come back on campus. So I think I think Maryville has the campus to be able to spread out, and I think that's good. Uh, I think they'll have a pretty good turnout even with those comments, uh, and we'll see a lot of Rebels uh, ready to put it back on for the fall. The The key thing there is the, the emotional side, and basically, Wayno, it's so important to have healthy uh, human relationships with people. The coaches create an environment, there's respect, there's good times, there's learning, there's growth, and they have really just missed this. And uh, that structure, it's just so needed. And I'm excited. Every day that we go forward, we're we're closer to uh, getting where we need to be. What, what do you think of it says about Derek Hunt that, uh, that he called 2025 coaches? Uh, to try to make the best plan. I mean, in, in all argument, if you if you are if you're from out of state or whatever, and you come in, and you say name five high schools in the state of Tennessee. Maryville's going to be one of them. And, and the fact that he didn't say, "Well, we're Maryville. We're just going to do it this way and 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 just roll with it." The fact that he kind of branched out, spread out, uh, understood maybe some some minds that have have went through things before transitions of such, and uh, and that he's going to build a really good plan versus just a quick and easy. Uh, I think that speaks to to his uh, his growth as a coach and his his innovation as a young coach. I think it shows how humble he is, and there's always people out there with different situations, people with different immune systems, and really intelligent on his part just to be exposed to all the different schools, if nothing else, to uh, put a wrinkle in his brain and help him consider different things that he might not have thought of, but. Uh, yeah, he's, he's not so arrogant. He's going to say, we're state champs. We know it all. I really love that about Derek. Uh, I'll uh, I'll say I, he didn't mention who he called, but it would be hard-pressed for me not to think he didn't call some coaches in the Memphis and Nashville area uh, because they've they've had to think in the negative terms for so long. And and their, their backs are going to be against the wall in returning uh, to what is normal because they have a more infected area. You know, especially some of those Nashville coaches, some of those Memphis coaches. Uh, so I, I think that's the – I hope that's the protocol that went down was was let's see who in the worst-case scenarios, in the fire fields, if you will, how are they going to handle their thing, and then we'll, we'll adjust accordingly. But you got to be excited, Boone, because, you, you know, I, I've, I've always said, you know, the hardest step's that first one. And, and I feel like, you know, getting out and taking that step to get some, some fall – actions you know what i'm saying to get some things pushing uh toward return 
Uh, that That's a big deal, and that starts today for Alcoa and starts tomorrow for Maryville. Now, again, this is going to be a slow deal. It's not, you know – turn you know crank the engine and then we're going to go you know to 9000 rpms right fast this isn't nascar uh but it is it is a step it is getting kids back in the zone and i think uh, how these next few weeks go is going to directly relate to the success of each of these programs here in this fall yeah i think the the, the coaches also call some of these really hot spot areas we know that that seem like they're on the right track and all of a sudden had a reversal in trends and knowing Derek as, as well as he likes to plan, I'm sure he was trying to get info. You don't want to think about it, and we are spread out here, but, you know, if it started picking up again, I think he would have some action in place for that. I hope so. I hope so. But I'm excited to what, what that looks like. Rebels and Tornadoes will hit the weight room, will hit the football field the next couple of days, and that's, that's a good sign here in Blunt County. But, Boone, let's take us a quick break, listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, We're going to dive into that last dance, the last dance of the last dance, as episode 9 and episode 10 uh, kind of took its toll on us just one night ago. We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, and streaming at WKBL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses, as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. During the Safer at Home order, Knox Area Rescue Ministries has continued to provide a home to those without one. It's shown why CARM is an essential business in our community. CARM Stores was recently designated as an essential business as well. CARM Stores, thank you for your previous support and are excited to announce the reopening of donation centers and stores. As we resume receiving your generous donations, we recognize that business might not be completely as usual. We will continue to monitor guidelines from local officials and practice safe social distancing recommendations. 
We appreciate your continued support of Knox Area Rescue Ministries and CARM Stores as we remain dedicated to serving the homeless, needy, and vulnerable during this time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. This is Wayne, and let me start by saying thanks for listening, and I hope you like what we're grinding on today in what we like to call the fastest hour here in Blunt County, but we wanted to take a minute to let you know how you can join in, give your take on today's topics. You can give us a call, Grind Time Hotline, 865-983-4310. That's 865-983-4310. But if you don't have time or you're on that morning grind, give us a message on our website, thegrindonsports.com. You can drop a comment, leave a message, and we'll get your opinion on the air. I look forward to hearing from you. And as always, thanks for putting the grind on your mind. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Monday edition. Boone, uh, skip gears a little bit. We go from uh, from high school sports back to the professional ranks. Kick it back to 1997-98 uh, where the, the Last Dance docuseries kind of closed this thing up. And Boone, last night was, uh, I don't want to say the best night because I feel like they were all pretty good, but... I think it just further begs the question, how do you break something like that up? And then two, it just really shows the elevation. If you if you watch this whole 10-part series, one thing that I learned from this was how much the NBA had come along. You know, you look at it, and, and, and when, when things were starting to get going for this Bulls team, it was the Pistons, and it was, it was this team and that team. Well, if you remember later on, the Pistons weren't the team to beat. It had become the the Pacers. It had become the Jazz. It had become uh, some other teams that were very very successful. And I just think it spoke to the uh, the development of the league a little bit that there was a couple teams uh, now that that were kind of digging around for for the Bulls spot. But uh, I, I love the last two episodes. Finally got to see his family. It was like clockwork. Laura asked, "Well, did he ever get married?" I was like, "Oh yeah, he was married. He had kids right right along this time. Like he had kids at home." Well, why don't they ever say anything? I was like, well, it's kind of about the whole team. I mean, it's MJ-focused, but it's kind of about the Bulls' whole team. So you're probably not going to see a whole lot of family talk about about Michael. And Well, there's his two boys and his daughter that they kind of interview, which, by the way, the daughter looks more like him than any of them do, Like, which the two boys got some facial hair going. But uh, I was just like, what a life. What what a life that's got to be. Michael's kids. But, but anyway... I digress, but uh, I'll say this: I uh, I really, you know, again, kind of continued to get um, underlined and underscored the fact that uh, that Jordan is and was uh, a fierce competitor, a guy who just needed a tick uh, to get that motivation going. Uh, he talked about it with the with the Pacers and what the what was going on there. I love the Reggie Miller uh, dialogue talking about uh, <laughs> Black Jesus. Like that, that was the funniest thing ever. Uh, and he called him that black cat. And I'm like, 
I'm like, well, I will say if Michael Jordan runs across your driveway, you're probably going to be in bad shape. Oh, that was so so entertaining. And but, you know, what about Reggie Miller? Like, uh, you know, he is kind of hated by a lot of people. And uh, and the fact that he wasn't he, uh, and again talks cheap, you know. I you'd like to you'd like to kind of really know the real deal, but uh, Reggie's like, I'm not scared of Michael. I respected him, but I wasn't scared of him. But I, I just feel like at that time there was a there was a certain bit of whether you want to call it respect or fear, uh, there was a certain level of it. And uh, I thought it was funny, you know. He talked about being a young buck, uh, I guess a rookie in Indiana, and he's uh he's on Michael, you know. He wants Jordan. And uh, all of a sudden, he's kind of held Michael to, I think it was, what did he say, three or six points at the half, you know, really no big deal. And he said, is this you? Is this, is this, is this what Michael is? Is this MJ? Da-da-da-da-da. And uh, he said Michael just kind of shakes his head and goes to the half, comes out in the second half and, like, blows, blows their doors off. And then he says, you don't talk trash uh, to me. And, uh, and kind of sent him on his way. So he said from that point on, he was no longer Michael Jordan. He was, he was other names that he would use. But uh, I just – I like that part. I, I thought Reggie Miller – you know, the shooter that was Reggie Miller. I mean, and Reggie – Reggie took one away from him. Reggie had a moment to where he, uh, he actually got to dethrone a little bit of the Chicago Bulls. It didn't last. It didn't get the series. Uh, but uh, Reggie, Reggie – uh, when they did what they normally did – uh, Reggie had a moment to where he closed that door. I think I think that's something in that era of basketball that that was as much to be proud of as anything. I I was really proud of it. I, I was proud of the food poison incident where uh, the four guys delivered the pizza. I was proud of Pippen coming back after basically his back. I mean, it, it was gone. Michael uh, writhing on the floor two thirty in the morning, throwing up. Did not eat anything. Couldn't keep it down before the game. And Reggie, like or Miller, like you said, uh, Reggie, in a certain game, Reggie could hit any shot from anywhere on the floor with anybody guarding him. I loved how they gave the uh, the info about Steve Kerr's dad. Had no idea. Did you know anything about that? Did not. Uh, I didn't even know there was a college in Beirut. To be honest with you, American American University. He he was the expert on uh, Middle East politics kind and of business uh, building and things yeah and uh, it was neat how uh kerr's first exposure to basketball was a sixth grader and uh, they were they showed the replay of the game and her six-year-old so i'm trying to say bill walton yeah i know can you imagine being there and he said it just got him so in love with basketball he was a struck did he did he not look like going in you know through his years you could just look at him and say that's that's a gym rat that's that's a guy who may he may not be great, but he's gonna he's gonna scrap you to death. And and the thing is, I love that he he graduated high school and didn't have an offer. He didn't have any or finished let's say finished high school basketball and didn't have an offer. And 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 finally Arizona pops in there and, and gets him an offer. Uh, and he he said I I go on sight unseen. And yes yes I'll go play. Which Arizona at that time was probably a pretty strong basketball program. Didn't you love how uh, Paxton coached him? And he said that you have to be a role player. The better you are at playing a role, the more Michael will say, hey, I'm ready to go to war, and I might actually not be bothered about taking this guy in here with me to try to win this battle. But you had to have a – if you had a special role, it took some of the pressure off MJ and helped him be more efficient. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But but and and I think I think the balance of that Bulls team was was so critical uh, to their success because if you if you look at any one piece of that puzzle that was missing, and that whole dynamic was just off. I mean, you look at it when Rodman kind of had his little flake moment when he wanted to go be Hollywood. Uh, Private jet takes him off to. To get a chair, knock a guy out for Hulk Hogan. His yeah. role was stand there and smoke a cigar. Hey, Boone always likes to ask me a question. Who'd he hit with a chair? Uh, Blonde-headed guy. I swear it looked yeah, like. That, in, the, in the 90s in wrestling, that really limits it <laughs> right there, Boone. 90s, long hair and blonde. Uh, uh, Rick, was, Rick Flair? No. Oh, no. Diamond Dallas Page. DDP. <laughs> You don't remember that? You don't remember, you know, never mind. We got a culture bone up. But anyway, hey, what we, about Rodman wearing his, like, sleep pants when he was wrestling, though? I was like, I was like, I, I remember that time, and I just didn't feel like he looked like he got that much, like he just got out of bed. But it was it was Rodman at his best. You know, they need him in game three. And he was like, you know what, we probably need to go to Chicago, but I'm going to go over here and do this wrestling thing. And and for, for the lack of a better phrase, they didn't really care. <laughs> they, they were like, that's Rodman. That's what he's going to do. He'll be here on game day. If they did that today, they would cut their nose off to spot their face to punish somebody like that. Point Rod- blank. Rodman was grabbing every rebound. Well, he proved right. I mean, he proved the, the Allen Iverson theory of it's just practice. Uh, it, it was it was one of those deals where they they asked him to do something and he came in and was just a, he was a monster he was knocking down threes he was he, he was ripping rebounds and and they even told you could tell the the little media guy he was so frustrated with rodman he was like he missed three days. He hasn't said anything to the media. There's 300 guys out there. And how, I'm, how am I going to sneak him out the yeah, back? And yeah. it was raining. And the funny thing was, is you know, he was a little fella. And he said, I've got to spe- sneak his eight-foot, three-and-a-half-inch tail out, out, blah, blah, blah. And they, they literally, like, sneak out the back door of the United Center uh, to get him away from that media. And then the, the media kind of breaks in. And you see them chasing him. I mean, what in the world? Got to get him on the mic. Got to interview. Him. Absolutely, but they don't. They don't. He gets in his vehicle and gets on. Gets on down the road. But he he showed them. Uh, that's why he he can do what he does is because he he is that. Uh, he does have that light switch. He can flick on and flick off. But and then when Pippen got damaged there in, in that one the other series, it was a different dynamic team. I mean, not that Michael can't carry and can't score, but he's the best number two guy. For the uh, best yeah. number one guy on the best team, that showed you how important his role was. When he was in the locker room in the back, God, they they were behind like fourteen points. Well, and 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 yeah, it's it, but it was just that's how crucial that dynamic was, uh, and how they they had to keep those those pieces uh, to get it going. But probably my favorite part of the whole the whole night series was the the Brian Russell conversation. Because, oh, I loved it. Because I feel like if anything in the 90s translates, it's those kind of situations to where somebody, you know, gets a little loose-lipped, makes a comment, thinks it doesn't mean anything. And you can read Jordan's face, Wayno, and you can tell he's not just exaggerating for the camera. I mean, he was so truthful in that moment. <laughs> well, he wasn't so, all, a bunch of other ones. Well, all of so them. So they but. said they, they were playing ba- – it's when he was playing baseball. Right. Uh, and, and where they were – where were they? Were they in Utah? He he made the statement. He said, "Well, he he said they were in town. Uh, 
the uh, the Jazz came to Chicago, so it must have been in the off season, and he went to Chicago to watch uh, the Jazz play the Bulls. Uh. But he came in to say hi to uh, Stockton and Malone, who played on that Olympic team with him. And the guy's name was Brian Russell. Brian right? Russell, and and he was, you know, he had that look that he looked like a bunch of different uh, role playing players in the NBA. You know, which again at that time. Uh, if if you didn't have a, a bald with goatee guy on your basketball team, you didn't have a basketball team because there was like one of those on every team. You so remember like, you remember what was said, right? Oh yeah, he said you retired. He said I could have blocked you. I could have guarded you. Like it, it would have been. He over. didn't use the re- word retired. He used the teeny bit. Quit. You quit. Why did you quit? I was the one that could guard you. I could shut you down. And and Jordan didn't even want to talk to him. He, he, he immediately up. turned to Carl, and he said, he he looked at Stockton and Malone. And he said, "You better get your boy. You better get your boy because it's about you know it. Like he doesn't know what he's saying right now. And uh, and and I think at that point, Michael understood he was coming back. Like I think Michael understood that that was a period in his in his career. But it wasn't going to be the way his career would end. According so. to the L word that he used, he knew he was coming back. <laughs> Do you remember the L word? Which L word? Jordan said, "I put him on my list." Oh, absolutely! <laughs> yeah, you're on my list. Yeah, I remember that now. But uh, I, I love it. Uh, you know, Michael continued to 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 kind of put all those uh, those emotions on the floor, and and really, uh, he he talks in in this deal on and on and on about. My motivation, what lit the fire for me was, and that's a comment that, that's pretty much in every night, all the five nights that you see. And and talking about going back to that 97 series with Utah, uh, when, when they got there, Carl Malone was the MVP. Uh, it, was, it was a situation to where, uh, you know, Carl had kind of done what, what he needed to do to get the Jazz there. It was their first appearance in the NBA Finals, which I thought was – I guess I understood, I knew that then, but it just kind of resonated with me again because that that's really their heyday. They they uh, I didn't realize Jerry Sloan was there for for like twenty four years, twenty three years. Um, I, I just didn't. You'll you'll never see that in the NBA again. Uh, but uh, I, I just really uh, didn't didn't gather that at that point. But John Stockton, uh, Carl Malone, uh, what was that other? Who was their big guy? Ricky, no. Ricky Smith was a big guy for Indy. Yeah. What was his name? What was his name? Uh anyway, he was one of those he was one of those names that people would know back in those days. He was a he was a uh an international player that came to, to Utah. But uh nonetheless, nonetheless, you know, you'd look at John Stockton, you look at Carl Malone, and I guess in my mind, I felt like both those guys still look like that today. Uh, and John Stockton is uh, honestly, I'm, I feel like he—you put a red polo on him, and he's Jake from State Farm. Like I feel like that's that's the guy that he is now. But uh, do you think it was interesting they didn't talk to Carl Malone? Well, I read where uh, they chased Stockton for a year and a half, and he he was just busy and didn't want to do it, and wasn't real motivated to do it. Um, that would be interesting. But and maybe Carl's just because. If you really think about it, when, since he's left the league, he, he doesn't do, as far as around here, he doesn't do national commercials. He doesn't do uh, different things like that. He may just be happy being on his own because I know he was, you know, he was kind of a to-his-self kind of guy even when he was in the league. So, uh, But nonetheless, Brian Russell was on the list, and the list got struck through uh, just, a, just a couple years later after that as, as they met up 
and uh, and that was kind of his motivation between Brian Russell and uh, and Carl Malone being the MVP in '97. Uh, that's all MJ needed to get the job done. Hey, you know something I learned, Wayno, is is Jordan was so knowledgeable. Just I did. I mean, I played. I wasn't super schooled on a ton of skills, but this guy was trying to guard him, and Jordan looks at him, and he noticed that all his weight was on his toes. And he said, I knew I had two options, and I could take either one. You don't guard people on the toes of your feet. He said, I could take him to the rack, or I could uh, juke him with head and shoulders, pull up, and hit the jumper. And he and Bird just and Magic, they did these things. They would look at you, and as soon as you violated one major skill or principle, you were dead meat. And Jordan drained that uh, long two and won the game, broke it out of a, a tied status there. But amazing just hearing him uh, say the little knickknacks that were so important in his career. Um, I'll throw you a real quick one. In the finals, he, he put out 20 Hall of Famers, meaning you go bye-bye, I play for it all. Who was the one guy that he eliminated the most out of those 20 Hall of Famers? Oh, they put that up there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Patrick Ewing. Four times, Four times he knocked yeah. him out. He was, he was in the uh, NBA Finals six times, and he won uh, the MVP of the Finals six J- times. Jason Ward also says Patrick Ewing. You are correct, sir. You are correct. Uh, I uh, I really loved the the series. I, I thought there was a lot of greatness to it. What about the 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 little the little shocker in the food poisoning? Not a flu game. It was food poisoning. Uh, I. I remember him say. I, I thought at the time maybe they just were adding to the drama, but he ate the entire pizza. Five guys delivered it. They're sneaking around the front door looking, and uh, like, but you got it. You got to think that that was a moment of um, less than stellar decision making. You're in Utah. It's ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night, and you need a pizza. And there's only one place open in Utah. And they well, they did not order it, but I mean, do you think the uh, you think they knew it was the representative there? Um, do you think he said, "I am so and so with the Chicago Bulls," thinking they might so, rush it or something? So here's the thing: it got delivered, right? Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, yeah. As Jason Ward says, why don't they just run down to the grocery store and cook him something? I, yeah, I like that. I like that run too. But here's, I bet you they said. You know, it was delivered, Boone. So they knew the hotel the Bulls were staying at. They don't. They didn't know it was MJ's room. They thought they might have got Scotty sick, or they might could have got Rodman sick. I don't. I think it was luck of the draw that it was Jordan sick. But at the same rate, uh, you know, you never know. I, I I think in some of those cases, in some of those cities, uh, there's a little backdoor policy. Like, hey, who's in room such and such? Oh, that's that's Michael Jordan's room. And then they and they never said what was on the pizza, what have you. But there's very few things that somebody's going to put on the pizza. What do you think it was, Wayne? I don't know. I mean, a lot of people have speculated maybe some visine or something like that, just some something that'll tear you tear your guts up for for a few days. But I don't know, like uh, the the yakking and the fever and all all the the I don't know. I don't know what they did, but it was something. They may have uh, consulted with Carol Basket. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm just kidding. T- too soon? Is it too soon? Hey, hey, wait, no. Oh God, I'm gonna laugh the rest of the show. Tell me this real quick. I love the interjections they had with the author that wrote Air, and 
he said, Michael is a mystic. And I thought, now, why in the world is he saying that? He said, most people live in fear because of some little event that's happened in the past. He said, Michael's absolute greatest gift was the ability. And I'm thinking, all right, he can hang in the air from the foul line or he could hit the last second shot. He said he had the best ability of anyone he's ever seen his entire life of totally focusing and living in the present. He said MJ would not let it into his head about missing a final shot, even if he'd missed five previous games because he had never taken this shot yet that he's about to take. Yeah, why get nervous about a shot I ain't taken yet? I I thought that was a a moment of – I mean, that's a level of of just – security that I don't think a lot of players would have but but Boone let's let's right here about the last five minutes talking this segment uh what about at the end you know the question we've had this entire time somewhat got answered how do you break this thing up why do you break this thing up and and Jordan actually gets the little the little tablet or whatever and says I've never heard why he said he broke it up yeah, I'm really interested in reading yeah, this. I'm re- interested in hearing what he had to say and he talked about the market value, the cap space, et cetera, et cetera. There was no way to keep the nucleus together. Now, now, if you if you listen to what Phil Jackson said versus what the owner said, there was a little bit of conflicting information. Like Phil Jackson said, you know, basically that that he talked to the owner. The owner wanted him to come back for another year, try for seven. And basically, um, Phil Jackson said, well. You know, Jerry's decision was this. You know, it would it would be really hard for Jerry to have to to stomach that. You know, because it would be out that that basically he was trumped, if you will. Uh, and, and so that was Phil Jackson's story, and he said he would basically take a break and then you know do whatever. The owner, if you heard the video that Michael watched, said right. that Phil Jackson wasn't interested in a rebuild that he, he did not want to come back unless basically the nucleus was there. He wasn't interested in a rebuild. So it was a little bit of conflicting information, which I, I can see where why, – why would you go from 98 where you can exit on top uh, to, to the next year not having after, – after the fact, knowing who they would have gotten rid of. You know, they traded away Pippen. They traded away Steve Kerr. They released Rodman, uh, which if he would have came back, I feel like MJ would have come back. Jordan um, retired. But Jordan retired, so I mean, you'd have been looking at a Ku Coach-led uh, Bulls team that next year, uh, really with uh, <laughs> with not a ton of uh, and, and with a lot of mad people in the league that's ready to come into Chicago and knock them off. So uh, I think it, it was a little bit conflicting, but I thought it, it was really it just showed that competitive fire again. You've got six rings, two three pizza, you know, you know, pretty much six out of the last eight. And uh, Jordan's like, we could have won seven. I believe that. Jordan put it in perspective, and I almost missed it. Remember now, when Jordan got out, he was still averaging 36 points in the postseason. The owner got up there, and all he's thinking is dollar signs. And the only option in his head was, if these people are coming back, I have to sign them all to three, four, five, and six years. Jordan said, why in the world did they not – he said – he said, Jordan's been, he said, I've been signing year contracts for a while now. Offer everybody a one year. I promise you, Pippen would have been the last one, but he would have jumped on board. I like how he called him Pip. Yeah. <laughs> he called him Pip. Oh, man. That would, I would have loved to have seen it. Uh, 
one more year contract, all of them. It, it was just a perfectly built team that took so long to uh, but get do, those people in those places. But does the mystique of of going out on top, going out on a three-peat, because, again, you look at that, that Utah team, and there was firepower to be back on that team as well. There was there was other teams in the league that were coming along, that were raising up. And, and honestly, I don't think Phil Jackson wanted to lie to the guys. He said it was the last dance, and honestly – people dug a, an extra scoop into the bucket because it was Phil's last time, because it was this team's last time. And and and, and it kind of culminated around the uh, the dark room, write it on the paper scenario. But, but, Boone, I think it was just one of these, you know, we said this was the last dance, this needs to be the last dance, and everybody kind of separated accordingly. And, uh, and, and, you know, I thought it was really – Interesting, and I think it spoke to beyond the business side of it. Some some sides that that kind of has went dormant now. They all got in a room after the championship, after everything said and said, this is going to be the last time we're together. And and Phil Jackson's wife was real spiritual and and had some, some he, he, you know had some methods to kind of close doors or close times in your life. And uh, he basically had that entire team, all those Hall of Famers, all those great players. Uh, to write what it meant uh, to be on that Bulls team. They they did everything. They wrote everything. Michael, actually, they said wrote a poem uh, about what the team meant to him and, and different things. And then they put it in a can, turned the lights off, and torched it. And the guys were more emotionally touched than they had been in their entire life. Well, you know, I had one thought, and I think it's an important one. I hope – Every player made an extra copy and hid it. I, I was thinking, don't write if this they, down and then burn it and not even remember what you put if on they it. They had any boon in them, they wrote it down and kept it. I guarantee that. But uh but you know, I don't I don't they probably were living in the moment. They probably remember what they think they wrote down, but as far as copy, uh, it's in that can in the ashes that is. But but Boone, let's take our last break of the day. The last dance uh, had its last episode last night. We just recapped it. We'll talk a little bit more with Jeffy Mack. But let's take a break. We'll be back. Start bench cut. You don't want to miss it. It's a good one. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Rural King continues to provide the essential livestock supplies your farms need. A cool, wet spring followed by sudden warm weather can mean the grass in your pasture may grow so fast it fails to pull the magnesium up that your herd needs. Country Road High Mag Mineral Blocks with 13.5% magnesium are just $15.99 each. You can order online at RuralKing.com and pick up in store. Protect your livestock for the lowest prices every day at Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. 
They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got golf? Iguanifarmsgolf.com, 970-7132. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blount County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to the grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Monday edition. Boone, start, bench, cut. Again, premise of the segment, start one, bench one, cut one, in a list of three items that I give you here just shortly. I'm going to switch them up a little bit, just given time. I, I want to I want to make sure we get to the last one, so... Uh, we're we're going to start with the biggest impact to Michael Jordan's success. Uh, again, uh, MJ the GOAT, as most people would say. Uh, again, some differing opinions, but Michael Jordan, the consensus uh, in that greatest of all time category in the in the NBA. Uh, who was the biggest instrument uh, in his success uh, to to six championships to to all the awards to all the things that that he was able to do? Jerry Krause. I know people. <gasps> I heard it all the way down here. Phil Jackson or Scottie Pippen. And here's the thing: 
one of these guys caused the other two to happen. So what do you got, Boone? Start bench cut. Phil Jackson finally breaks Red Auerbach's all-time. Red had 10 NBA championships, and uh, he would light that cigar, and there would be three minutes left, and you had to just eat crow, and you hated his guts. I remember thinking there's no way in the world Phil Jackson beats him. Phil Jackson is the most brilliant genius who's ever coached. I'm going to start him. Scottie Pippen, the best number two on the best – with the best number one on the best all-time team, six championships in the decade, the 90s. Jerry Krause, just ego, uh, power, competing with MJ, didn't know it. But he was doing a lot of crap that just motivated Michael Jordan so much. I'm going to cut Jerry. Oh, man. That sounds like we're going to differ pretty good there, Boone. Uh, I start Jerry Krause. Yeah, Boone, get them eyes big because if it ain't for Jerry Krause, there's no Phil Jackson, there's no Scottie Pippen. A douchebag to the utmost. And, yeah, I said it. But he was he was a turd. He was a walking, talking turd. But he was smart. If not for him, there's no Scottie Pippen. There's no Phil Jackson. I start Jerry Krause. I say it's not that he was the most loved in Michael Jordan's thing, but you want to talk about starting a fire? Jerry Krause single-handedly probably got Bulls more wins than people want to give him credit for because, remember, who's he go scout that he really wants to, to play for the Bulls and then Michael shows him up in the in the Olympics? Who coach? Who does he, uh, do, who does he go uh, – and scout and want to play for the Bulls, and uh, and, and then Michael makes a poster boy of him uh, in, in in the NBA playoffs the next year. It was that that little defender that that Jerry Krause really wanted to play. But here's the thing, Jerry Krause, you talk about buttons to push. Do you think Jerry did these things deliberately, Michael? Almost... I don't think he was smart enough to do it deliberately, honestly. But I think he was a shrewd businessman enough to know how to get the most value in that meat time of the career. And then move right along. He traded for the big men that got him going. He did the things that needed to happen. So I start Jerry Krause. I think he's a turd. I don't like him. I think he did a lot of things wrong. But at the end of the day, he put all those pieces around MJ. If he doesn't pull the trigger and fire Collins and put Phil Jackson in there, Phil Jackson's a head coach somewhere. It's just not in Chicago. So to me, Jerry Krause gets the start. I'm going to bench Phil Jackson because I think he's the best to ever do it. I think he's the best to ever coach there, and 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 in well, definitely there. But then the best to ever coach in the NBA, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna bench Scottie Pippen just because, uh, you know, Pippen had his moments. I think he was the best Robin to the best Batman, and, and then ultimately, uh, you know, he was needed there in the in that '98 season uh, to get the job done in, in face of that backer and injury. So start bench cut. I'm gonna go with Jerry, then Phil, then Scotty. I can't stand to look. Jerry Krause in the face, and he's on TV. There's no way my inner guts will let me start somebody I can't look at. You can't – hey, prove me wrong, though. Prove me wrong. I, I think I think I've got a good point. I, I'm going to live with it. Um, so let's uh, let's sweeten the deal since obviously Boone's a little sour on the on the on the Jerry Krause start there. Uh, best pie of all time. Uh, we we always switch gears and go food or movie. We went food today. Uh, apple pie, pumpkin pie, or pecan pie. Which one would Jerry like, Boone? Funny. What do you think about that? You should ask. Many Boone family reunions, many church 
celebration anniversaries, homecomings, you look at a table and all three are there. What's a man to do? Every time I look at apple pie, my mind jumps way out there, and I think, Jerry Krause. How, <laughs> just, <laughs> how would that taste with a scoop of vanilla ice cream on it? Oh, good call. Good call. And then uh, I eat it, and then I go back, and the other two are there. And every time, <laughs> I've got to just get just a small piece of pecan. So you're starting apple. like is Starting that- apple. Uh-huh. I'm benching pecan. It's pecan, but And, uh, <laughs> oh, man, it just depends on which ladies made the pumpkin. If they put that, that white skim on top of it, it's so hard to cut it, but that's my answers, and I'm sticking to it. Dang, Boone. Boone, it, we're no different than, than how we, we turn these chairs. I'm going to start pecan. And here's the thing. You ever took a piece of pecan, put a little dollop of butter on it, and put it on like a grill or in the microwave? You do that, it'll change your life. I feel like it's more bang for the buck in a health sense because you know you have the nuts, you have the you have the bad stuff, and then you have the the bread. So I mean, you've got a little bit of all the reasons why it's bad for you uh, right there on top. The glaze on the on the pecan, so it's 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 all bad for you. If and both then, of them were warm, pecan and apple, which one would you have to get? Oh, pecan, like hands down, hands down. Just because I mean, whatever that gooey middle is about, I mean, I'm about it. And the thing is, is I feel like you can get apple pie year round. Pecan pie is a little bit more of a, uh, of, of a, I don't know, just a, a time of the year kind of thing. But then uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bench uh, pumpkin pie. I like pumpkin pie. I like, like it cool. You want hot? You want to know why I like uh, pumpkin pie? It's got something on it. Because Laura doesn't like pumpkin pie. <laughs> so I know it'll stick around if I get one. Uh, I get the I get the little... You ever had the Krispy Kreme apple or pumpkin pie turnovers? Have not. It's pretty much like a... Uh, it's like a honey bun with pumpkin pie uh, yogurt in it. I mean, it's it's not the greatest of things. But if I feel like if I'm drinking pumpkin spice coffee, I'm eating Krispy Kreme pumpkin little turnovers. I'm eating pumpkin pie... I've got pumpkin spice flavored M&Ms, then it's got to be at least somewhere on my team. And then I'm going to cut apple pie. And, and again, it's just the commonality of apple pie. I feel like you can get it anytime. You, you know, you kind of, you don't really have to fight to get it. I mean, it's, it's usually, it's going to be a staple. It's somewhere, it's going to be there all the time. And I just think, honestly, I ate so much of it as a kid, I'm, I'm kind of burnt, Boone. But I do like the ice cream take. That was uh, that was something. See, that's where Boone does. Boone puts flavor to it. Boone puts a little extra to it. I was just thinking, and maybe that movie in the in the early 2000s ruined me on apple pie. I don't know, but maybe that's a that's a story for a different day. But uh, but Boone, it's been uh, it's been fun kind of talking on a Monday. It's a uh, sports are back a little bit. You think so? You think you, you think we can say that the sports are back a little bit? NASCAR hit the hit Darlington. They'll do again Wednesday. So I mean, two two races one week, and then uh, sixteen people allowed with the racer, including the racer and his. Uh, people that changes tires and everything so yeah that was uh it was interesting it looked a little bit like indy there at at the racetrack because everybody was kind of trying to spread out and they were under some canopies but uh i I didn't think it hurt us so much that there wasn't fans which nascar is more of a you know it's kind of an on the track sport uh the the fans is more of a when you're there kind of a a feel but I think it's back. Maryville Alcoa is going to hit the football field today and tomorrow. And then Michael Jordan's docuseries comes to a close. Sports weekend, check mark is what it got this weekend. I loved what happened. And ultimately, 
uh, I liked that we were able to to get a little something done. But, Boone, we got to get on out of here. Jason Swain's at the top of the hour. Uh, Jason Swain in the Swain event. But this has been a Monday. It's been a Monday indeed, and we have got to get on out of here. But, Boone, you got anything for the for the listeners right as we head on out? Uh, let's, let's take it from Michael Jordan, thought for the day. Just think how he was able to stay in the present, and he did that better than anyone. I think you're right. I think you're right. Live in the now. Be safe. Take care. And, yes, grind on.